0: Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. Dun-na-nut, dun na Welcome back to another episode of How the Grades Do It. I've got a special one for us today. You know you have me, your host, Tyler Eules. Um, But super excited for our guest, Jamie Diggelow. She is the CEO of InFirst Consulting. She's a TEDx speaker. She works with go-to-market leaders and um, making sure that they collaborate better. And And a big part of what she talks about is mindset. Jamie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I love that. Tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing today to day and, um, yeah I'd love to just kind of start there and we'll just kind of take the conversation where it leads us
1: sure i um well primary most of the work that I do today is working with leaders uh sales leaders and their teams um and really trying to get them in sync we We have a a bit of a challenge with a lot of organizations that have people that are in hybrid situations or remote situations, so a lot of the work I'm doing is with like removing the silos between hybrid <laughs> and remote teams. Um, and really building like the skills, um, helping like new leaders and existing leaders with building more modern skills.
0: No, I love that. Right. I think as we're asking our salespeople to be better, right? Like we, as leaders need to be better as well. Um, and so what are some of the like quick ways that we, we as leaders can be doing that and how should we be, you know, going out to really art? ourselves like what resources do you recommend for us Um, maybe even, yeah
1: yeah I um, so I spent a lot of years in the trenches of working with a lot of leaders Uh, yeah so I was at I was at Gartner as a sales leader for 13 years uh, working primarily with you know team building teams growing teams but also My job was to work with other organizations and their leaders to help them with transforming their organization. I had the opportunity, uh, you know, early on in my career to work with lots and lots of teams and leaders. I did that. Went to Microsoft and also worked um, as a sales leader, working with organizations who are looking to transform. And um, so I have a lot of background and like like really a lot of at bats with working with with leaders and so yeah. one of the bigger challenges that I see sort of over this like last 20 years is that the way that traditional leaders have been taught is is really um, it's it's not as relevant today, meaning like this sort of hardcore you know sort of um, like abrasive way of just like you know pushing and pushing and pushing people. Uh, is like the historical way that leaders have been taught to get to and get productivity and, and results out of their teams. However, um, I mean, there's so much research out there, but just the the reality is that um, that doesn't work. That doesn't work anymore. And so lead, more modern leaders need to know how to have better self-awareness, more empathy for others, understanding the hardwiring. So a lot of the work that I do is you know, everybody's motivated and driven, different driven in different ways. And if you as a leader are able to identify and know what drives the individual, that that unlocks everything. So once absolutely. Have, yeah, they're individual drivers, everything else becomes easier. Um, and understanding that in that person is an individual. So did you? you know, yeah.
0: Did you see commonalities as you were at these different companies when working with different leaders and like why it was they were or were not collaborating with different silos
1: um well the first the first silo happens within their own team, so how are they building strong teams amongst the people that are in their organization? so a lot of it is around around communication, sure communication strategies, like I always say is like we're the most connected yet disconnected society that we've ever had, so um but you know percent- we so many ways to communicate, but nobody knows how to communicate.
0: And do you think that's culturally just based off of people having less face-to-face interactions and less conversations, Um, just in general, right? Like you pick up the phone, you don't pick up the phone anymore and call somebody, you send them a text and say, hey, what are you doing?
1: I think it's just the speed of everything. Everybody's super busy, you know, and this is not like, this is not a knock on leaders. Like this is not, sure in businesses. instances, the leaders have very strong, like very positive, um, well-meaning intention, but they are buried. They are literally buried in, you know, everything the day to day. So like the, the reality is that their teams are not really getting the coaching and development that they need and they want. Um, it's just the, it's just because we've got such, we're working at such a rapid speed. We just can't fit it in.
0: Absolutely. And so as a, as a leader out there, like how can we be better in tune to our teams to make sure that we're giving them everything they need? Because I would say it's difficult to coach somebody in a sense as towards a goal if, you know, if if their head's not in it. And so I'd love to hear like what's that evaluation process as a leader to make sure that one, we're keeping people motivated, but two, they're pushing towards their goal constantly, um, and Mm -hmm. we're obviously hitting metrics and KPIs, right, that we can hold them accountable for.
1: Yeah. Well, so what um, the the thing is that I see over and over again is that the strategy that a lot of these leaders have or organizations have, like they're like, we need better skills for our for our sellers. We need this. We need this. We need this. Yeah. And the reality is that that is actually not what they need. I always say that you don't have a revenue problem; you have an engagement problem. Mm. Okay? So, like engagement levels across the board are at like thirty percent. So that's like having a soccer team, right? If you like, you know, play soccer, wh- whatever team you're on, you get a soccer team of 10, I played soccer. So you get a soccer yeah. team of 10 players. That's literally having seven of them sitting in the grass doing mm-hmm. nothing. And the other three are trying to win the game. So and that's only think- going
0: to make the three super mad and the seven to be yes. like, uh, maybe a bit entitled and be like, oh, I can continue to have this sort of relationship with work um, yeah. because it's okay.
1: Right. And so the piece that we always, we always, um, like don't think about it. It's we're not trained on, um, which is what I train and coach people on today is yeah. that the most important sales conversation is the one right here. It's the one in our heads. So how your people feel about like their situation, um, the environment they're in their contribution to the organization, that like that sits there, and um, the way I describe it is that, uh, and I talked about this in my TED talk, that was what it was about, is, and I'll just share with you so that it makes a little bit of, of sense, is that we all have two rooms in our head all the time, and um, on one side, we have our war room, and our war room is where we work against results. That's the place where we doubt ourselves, we self-sabotage, we focus on our weaknesses, we say, you know, we do all the things that make us feel less than. And the challenge is that when we're in that war room, we're losing money. Absolutely. Right? We're questioning ourselves, we're doubling back, we're trying to do everything perfect. And if we're back to your question about um, leaders, leaders have been taught. Leaders have actually been taught historically, and again, it's not their fault, but this is the massive gap and shift that's happened with how to lead people today. Leaders have been taught to double down on getting people to stay in their war room because they're questioning them. They're focusing on their weaknesses. There's never anything positive. So they're like just deepening that. So over here, right? So that's where most people, and we are very, very good. Like I always said, I'm like, I never needed when I was, when I was a sales leader and then I had sales leaders that, you know, I reported to, I'm like, I'm really good at like already like being hard on myself. Like I don't need any more of that. Like that is not going to get, get me to win. So we're very good over here. However, on the other side of our head of our brain is what I call our win room. And our win room is where we focus on what I need. That's what win stands for. That's where we're clear on who we are, our boundaries, our values, our strengths, the things we're good at. And so the goal, um, the goal as a leader is that you want to get people from here over here. And when we're over here, we're making money. We're engaged. We're connected. We feel like we have, you know, you hear this a lot, I'm sure, from other guests is We have, um, we're like really good at, um, people are, they're very like often saying, well, I want to be doing meaningful work. I don't feel like I'm making a contribution, you know, all the things I want to feel like I belong.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I want support. I want, I want coaching. (coughs) So the, the, the big hack on this is that everyone will say that they're not getting enough right? Meaningful work, coaching, development, whatever it is, success. Maybe I'm not, I haven't hit the, and the reality is they don't know what they want. They don't know what they need. So what the programs I run and what I teach leaders to work with their teams on is to to walk through, you know, a system of identifying specifically what the people on your team need individually as individuals, and yeah. do that once they identify what they need, what they care about, and they see that, and they can then aim at it. Then it makes everything easier because then the leader knows what their goals are, what their ambition is. We know what they want, what they care about, what motivates them, all the stuff. And then that person can then be better at articulating what they need. So it like it's a win-win, you know. In these, in the way that we we think about it, is like you know, the individuals get what they need, um, uh, um, they figure out what they need and what's important now for the leaders. So then once we get the, the person feels validated and seen in the organization, then they just, they, they launch. Absolutely. So really tapping into that individual, um, the individual's, uh, goals and needs and drivers.
0: And are you seeing like this big shift, of? Uh... How we've coached previously as leaders and now how, you know, this transition is it, you know, society and how people need to be managed a little bit differently, you know. Is that a lot of what has caused this change and this mentality shift?
1: Um, I think part of it, absolutely, it's like that we live in a society where we I I say is that it's um it's not it's the highlight reel. it's not the real real. Yeah. Right? So everybody's seeing everybody else's choices. And so there's this automatic comparison that you see everybody else is succeeding or gets the title or does this or whatever. Half the time it's all made up. Yeah. Right. But the story in your head is, oh, that person is achieving more than me. I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable enough. All the things. Uh, so there's the combination of social media and just the transparency of of, of just information out there. Um, and then there's also, <laughs> I think that we generation. We have a generation of, of, of young adults who have grown up with parents that they saw work, like work their butts off and, you know, just have no life and just grind every day. And that the younger generation is like, Nope, I don't want that. And so you have this combination of you know, the, the, the younger they're, they're ambitious, but they're not going to risk their health and their mental health and everything to be successful. And it's just, so the, the concept is that, you know, you don't have to make that choice. You can, there is an, there is a way to help people get better about their thinking because that's really the core of it is yeah. how to pick get people to think about their thinking. And and really giving leaders uh, more education around, you know, why people do what they do, Um, and it's been yeah. something that yeah, it, it's it's a real gap, and it's like I'm like I'm always like, this is the one thing you need to do that you're not doing, and you're spending all this money on all these other things, and you do not need to do that.
0: Yeah, there are commonalities that you find when working with different organizations of why people do certain things like, is there, are there patterns that you see, um, that are more often not used where people, you know, maybe a leader says, Hey, this is the issue I'm having. And before you get into the organization, you can say, Hey, it's probably one of these three things.
1: Oh, absolutely. The reality is that it's, it's once you've done this for long enough, it's quite predictable. Like I yeah. can pretty much go into a team immediately and identify what the gap is. With the based problem off is. of what's
0: happening. Yeah. Based off of the problem.
1: Um, Based off of the, not just necessarily just off the problem, but I can do, like I work with, um, you know, I I have a background in, um, in organizational psychology, like neuroscience. Like, so I understand like people are wired certain ways. So I can usually look at what the, the, what the behaviors of the leader are and the way that the the hard wiring of the leader and knowing what their sort of profile is, you can identify well, this leader is somebody that's all about results. So they really don't care. They're not wired, which is important to be wired, like to want results and outcomes. But that means that everybody that is on their team who is really values teamwork or values innovation or values order, they feel left out. And in sure. order to be drive results, you actually do need teamwork, innovation, and order. And so like how result- important...
0: Yeah, 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 I would say hundred percent. But I would say to you as well, like, so how important is it for a leader to know what type of personality? And if like I would say, like, maybe he's at a company right now and he's leading a team of 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 individuals, and he doesn't have a personality test, should he be going out and get and asking the team to do a personality test so that he can better Mm -hmm. understand the team?
1: Yeah, I mean, it starts. I I, you know, I'd say with leaders that are that are listening, uh, it starts with. Getting, you know, creating self-awareness, that's one of the most important things for modern leaders is having awareness of self. So awareness of how you show up. Now, that leader who I just said is like all about results, or maybe yeah. they're an analyzer and they just like pick apart everything. Now, we're not saying that that leader needs to change that. What that leader needs to do is be able to articulate why they, that's important to them and why they value that. And then, then understand, oh, okay, what's important to the other people on my team and value that, right? So we all value different things for different reasons, but it's more about the self-awareness of, okay, this is the thing that's, you know, helped me be, you know, get results, but my turnover is incredibly high and my people are afraid to, my people are afraid to speak up. So we have mistakes that are happening or, you know, deals are slipping and nobody's telling me. Why is nobody telling me? Well, because they're afraid of you. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: so this is just in, in, in there's with every profile, there's, there's good and there's, there's, there's real positives and there's blind spots. So it's really identifying your blind spots and knowing what are the more, um, you know, um, effective things as being, being a strong leader is identifying the things you're strong in and the things you're not strong in and being able to be okay with that. Yeah. And you fill in, the whole point is you fill. So when I think, when I explain it to teams, to leaders I'm working with, if you like, you know, the movie Moneyball, the Brad Pitt movie. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Love it.
1: So it's all about like having a Moneyball mindset when you think about how you're, you're, you're working your team. So everybody has, you know, got the one, one person that can pitch two innings. Amazing. But after that, they're done. The other person can get on base, the other one that can steal. So you think about when you understand the strengths of your team you figure out, okay, how do we lean in and double down on the things that people are really good at, so that they can like exponentially grow? Because there's things that I'm good at that you that I love to do. I'd love to spend all day, and you'll probably be like, I would hate to do that. And there's things <laughs> that you want to do, yeah. right? Um, that I would probably hate. And so instead of this sort of historical way of, okay, we need everybody to be good at everything. I mean, it's just not real, right? You you know, it's like the whole unicorn concept. Um, So it's really thinking differently like from that money ball mindset of going, okay, well, how do I get the most out of my people and help them see what I value in them the most and what they value and why they're here?
0: And, but, but to that point though, like would you then say, hey, is it better to just bring a ton of transparency to the process, really get to know the person and what they are good and what they're not good at. And by doing so, you know, it, it makes sure that you bring on the right people with the right profile. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, like, is, is that the answer? Right?
1: Well, I mean, it's part of the answer. Um, I mean, part <laughs> of the you know, if we think about diverse teams, I think of it in diversity of real skill sets. So yeah. uh, if you think about, well, you have a team and you struggle and a lot of organizations struggle with this more mature, um, organizations that have been around for a long time is what they do is they squeeze out the innovation because they want to create order. They want to create order and process (laughs) in their organization. So uh, when that happens, you kill all the people who are innovators because they're either shut down and they have no ideas anymore, or just like, you know, that person, that, that player on the field sitting on the ground a paycheck. They're bored. Yeah, they're bored. They're not engaged. Right. Absolutely. Right. They've completely shut down. Um, yeah. Or if you're, you know, the most talented ones, what do they do? They leave. So, an organization like that where they're like, why can't we think, you know, you hear like, think out of the box. It's like, what does it even mean? They can't do that because they've created a system that is so like process driven um, that they've kind of squeezed all that out. So, again, it's part of choices of where the organization is, the leader, you know, it's because a bigger part of this is also what type of culture are you in? Like, even if you're, if you're a leader of a team, there's also a bigger culture that your that your team, you know, sits within an organization. Like you can be a culture bubble, right? Um, But as a leader, that can be really challenging too, because then you're continuing to have um, you're continuing to have the pressure of sort of misalignment and expectations. Uh, but, you know, it starts first with your team, because if you do this work, so say you're like a, an area manager or a direct, you know, um, sales leader, and you have a team of 10 underneath you, right? Which yeah. I've already seen I think too much.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like eight, right? Like eight to 10, right? Like, I think that's very common.
1: Yeah, it's very common. I would say it's too much, but um, yeah. So what you have the opportunity to do is if you do this work with your team, your team of 10, you will have exponentially better environment within your team and teamwork, which will deliver results because you'll have better engagement. You'll have better people that are bought in, all in on what they're doing, how they're supporting each other. You won't have any of these invisible barriers that are holding your team back. And so if you do this within a small team, the best part about that is people go, whoa what are you doing? How are you yeah. being successful? And then you're like, Oh, well, you know, I, you know, I work through understanding what they all care about what they need. And people be like, well, that sounds squishy. Yeah. That's soft. That's like, that's fluff <laughs> stuff, Jamie. Like, I don't know.
0: I, I, I yeah, I think I'd, I could definitely see how some people would say that. Right. But I, I I'm with you a hundred percent of the way, right. If people aren't um, healthy at home, right. You know, you think about, yeah eight hours in a work day and they're 16 hours away from work, right? So they're spending right. a third of their time at work. You got to make that enjoyable for them. You got to make that a collaborative time where they are enjoying it. And if they're not, then they're going to ultimately leave. And so right. I would love to hear some of your tips here, because I think we all struggle with um, self-defeating thoughts, some of us more than others. And, yeah. you know, I think maybe that's a common misconception is that some people don't have them. We all have them it's just some people mm-hmm. listen to them more than others. And so, right. uh, you know, what are some tips that we as sales leaders can maybe implement or people that um are, our sellers, right? Mm-hmm. Or let's just say in general, what are some things that we can do as people to eliminate those, those thoughts and live in that, in the win room?
1: Yeah. Love it. So, yeah. right. It's- start like, you know, healthy at home. And I'll say like your first home, the first, the most important room is the one in your head. Right. Yeah. So you have, you, right. What does that room look like? What do you want? Um, so some of the most healthy habits you can have, is and it just say as an individual. So if you're a leader or you're an IC, right. Um, as a, a sales leader, an individual a contributor, it doesn't matter is that you want to write down and get clear on what you want? Like, what is the direction that you want to go in um, yeah. for your career? Like, what is your ambition? I mean, and I don't mean that like 10 years down the road, but I mean, like, what are you aiming at? Yeah. Um, what Why is, is important? that important, though? Why is it important? Yeah. Tell, uh, because we don't, if we write it down and we don't give ourselves like clarity around what that language is, you know, I talk a lot about leadership language. Um, and even if you're an IC, you're still a leader. You're leading yourself.
0: 100%. Right. percent
1: the clarity around, okay, what direction am I going in? Like, what are my goals, my short-term and long-term goals? What am I trying to aim, like, aim at in this role? What am I trying to learn? What are the things, the skills that I don't have that I want to have? How do I think about my my role today and go, okay, well, this is my major, right? Like think about in yeah. school. My role today is my major. What's my minor? What's that other thing that's really interesting to me? And how can mm-hmm. I lean into that as well? You know, permission to, you know, be interested and interesting, right? And like find, find some other things that you're, but, but don't like pick a hundred things, which is the problem that most people do is they're going and like going in a million different directions and they're just like exhausted going, why am I not, you know, moving fast enough? So writing down and being really, really specific and getting clear with um, what are the things that you want? What's the life, like the lifestyle you want? What are the types of things? What do you love doing every day? What's the one thing in your in your job that you really love doing all the time? Yeah. So writing writing it down and being specific about what that would look like. Okay. So that's one thing because otherwise, I like I I say it's like getting in a taxi and like saying, "Well, just take me somewhere."
0: Yeah. Right? Like
1: where <laughs> where are you gonna go? Um. So that's one. And another thing in being helpful, because one of the other things about, um, getting clarity, um, it's often, I always say is like, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Yeah. So the things that are your natural strengths, we often, um, we don't, we, we minimize them and we minimize them because we forget that the things we're really good at are hard for other people because it's super easy for us. Yeah. But so we think everybody knows how to do this. And it's like, no, that's that is not not everybody knows how, you know, to, you know, get up and talk to somebody or, uh, you know, you know, sit and spreadsheet hell all day or, you know, um, get sure. um, be able to, you know, get up and have a conversation and bring a group of people together. So it's it's about, you know, what are the things that you're you're good at? Uh, that people and that people see in you. So one of the tips you can do is you can reach out to like five or six people, super simple. You can reach five or six people. You can reach out to them, text them. You can text them. That's fine. Um, yeah. you can say, Hey, I'm doing some, you know, leadership development work and I value your opinion. What are the three words you would use? What are the first three u- words you would use to describe working with me?
0: Okay. Well, I think a lot of people would be scared to get these answers.
1: Well, I mean, if you want to understand, I mean, it's all about transparency. Hey, how, you,
0: how are you going to get better as a leader unless you ask? Well,
1: that's right. I would Say
0: back to them, right? Like, it's like, are we part of? Are you building a culture of continuously improving? Uh, continuously improving, and that doesn't just uh, exist to your team. Maybe that exists to you as well as an individual and as a leader.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, everybody gets a little uncomfortable because it's like, oh my gosh! But a part of this is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's growth.
0: Absolutely. Like, you know, and that was one thing I was going to bring out to you. is like the reason why I think there's so many self-defeating thoughts in sales is because there's a lot of aspects in sales that are difficult. And so there's a lot of, there's a, there's a select few of salespeople that are God gifted these abilities and they make the shit look easy. And so when you see that person, it's easy to compare yourself and say, man, I am not as good as discovery or I'm not as good at cold calling or I'm not as good at writing an email to compare yourself to another salesperson and so it's easy to have those self-defeating thoughts but the only way you're going to get better is ultimately have being uncomfortable and so is it how do you stay uncomfortable um but then stay in the win room hmm. because i think that's the hard part right cuz you're trying something that you're not good at initially hmm. um and as leaders right like we're asking you to do something you're not good at but I think there's areas that ways that we can help maybe lead, we as leaders can help incorporate the strengths and say, Hey, this is the reason why you're going to be good at this and help them that way. But,
1: well, I think a big part of it, again, going back to the social media, like we have become so disconnected with how success happens. Yeah. And so we only see back. What I'm saying is that we only see the highlight reel. We don't see all the failures. We don't see like everybody was sucked at, like, there's not one thing that people are good at. You know, back to being a baby and walking, right? Yeah. Like you have to practice. So, you know, for me, like with the clients that I work with and the leaders I work with, it's all about creating um, ability to practice. You're practicing, you're practicing, talking about what you, you know, what you care about, what your, what your focus is, um, how your, um, you know, that the reality is that it's going to be messy. It's no different than going to the gym. You go to the gym and you try to lift and do right. And you're going to, it's going to hurt. Yeah. You're going to hurt the next day.
0: Absolutely.
1: So type of thing And the for so to think about it and sort of stay, you know, out of the war room and in the win room, it's about knowing that the bigger goal, right, is about your growth and then this is part of growth. And so a huge part of the work I do is a lot of it is around normalizing how people feel in the moment, right? Yeah. How do they about what's happening? How do we take real life situations that are happening? It's like, yeah, that makes sense that you're feeling like, oh my God, like I just got rejected by these last three clients. And like, how do I keep going? And the reality is like trusting in, you know, trusting in yourself, knowing that you're doing the right things. Right. But again, that takes that validation. You have like, there's just so many places people could go in terms of I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, Um, I'm leaving or, you know, or whatever, but Sticking with the process and knowing that it's messy, like yeah. we do not see nobody sees messy, and like I'm all about talking about the messy, the messy middle, because it's the real stuff. The more the 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 sooner, sorry, I get like animated about this, but it's no, like I love it, I love it, I love the passion, <laughs> right? Like I see it. Well,
0: and and this- I think it's difficult. Yeah, it it's difficult to to um to be involved in in so much of the process as a leader and be managing people. So like what I'm hearing from you and tell me if you think I'm, if, if this is wrong, but I see it more as like, you have to be connected with your team in a sense to be able to lead them through the number, right? Like there's not a, you can't do just one, right? You have to know someone personally to be able to hold them accountable and, yeah. and push them towards their why. Cause people need to be able to remember that.
1: Yeah. I mean, a simple, a simple thing that managers can do and actually anybody could do this because a huge part of it is feedback. We hear this often. So often I hear this from sellers, from leaders that they're not getting feedback either, um, is, is to be able to understand like what is resonating, what's helping, what's not helping. So one of the most effective things you can do at the end of any meeting is you can say to the person like, Hey, Tyler, was this, was this a good session? And you'd say,
0: I would say yes, this was a great session, or I would say no, this isn't a great session. And hopefully I give them reasons of why this is not a great session and how they can improve.
1: So let's yes. Yeah, so um and we'll we'll go with the good for now. But <laughs> it could be either way. Is this an effect was this an effective meeting?
0: I think right? the, the easy answer always is yes, and that's it, right? But then that's this maybe the same thing that we get from our prospects, right? Like we ask a service level question, yes or no. And we get the constant, yeah, that's, that's good. The head nodding because they want to move on. Not necessarily right. the answer, which is the answer we're looking for.
1: So the I would truth. say that. So they're like, well, let's do a little role play right now. This is how we would do it's it. If I'm, if I'm the manager and having, it. right. So we'll do yeah. a little role play. I'm like, you know, Tyler, how is this session today? You know, I, I just want to, it's important to me. I really value efficiency. I want to make sure that it was efficient, you know, an efficient and effective session. What do you, um, you know, I'm just would love your feedback.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought the session was great, Jamie. um, I really appreciate you taking the time. I thought it was good.
1: So awesome. So I, you know, I really value your opinion. Is there there anything specific? Is there one thing specific that stood out? It would be really helpful for me to know um, what was helpful for you.
0: I'm going to be a hard prospect. So I'm going to say no. Um, There wasn't anything, one thing that particularly that stood out. I just thought it was pretty informative. Um, And, you know, hopefully I can be able to implement some of the strategies that we talked about. Um, okay. That you chatted about today.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, I you know I appreciate your your feedback. So, um, in that environment, right? Normally, what you want to do, especially you're going to want them to say, because there's usually one thing that stands out for them. Would one that
0: take... prospect should I have had said, hey, there was one thing.
1: No, because you know what? Even if you didn't say one thing back. Yeah. The fact that I asked you and I said I value your feedback.
0: I made you made me feel important. Right. You made me so, feel heard.
1: Right. So that is such a simple little thing that you can do at the end of a meeting and what you know if you had said, "Hey, you know, Jamie, that thing you talked about, you know, you know, getting in a getting in a taxi and not knowing where you're going, like that stuck with me." So then what would happen is if you said that back to me? This yeah. is sort of the the neuro hack, right? We're building the neuro, um, uh, like right, the 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 direction, the neural pathways.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you said back to me, uh, Jamie. I really valued that. You know, you mentioned the thing about the taxi, and I hadn't thought about it like that. That really stuck with me. And so then I'm like, awesome. Thank you. Thanks for that feedback. So I'm then writing that down, putting it in my whatever, in my notes or wherever I keep track of this stuff. And I'm realizing that that was the thing that you needed to hear. And so the next time when someone says, Hey, Tyler, you know what, what's it like working with Jamie? Like, you know, what was, you know, we we met this week, like what, you know, what's going on there? Like, you know, and you'd be like, or you said like, what's she like working with? you yeah, probably say, sure. well, she gets me to gets me to think differently about where I'm going, my direction. It's yeah. about my future.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally see the shift there.
1: Right. So it's like, a tiny little thing at the end. So if we think about the beginning and end of, of meetings, things that we're doing, um, how are we being transparent? How are we sharing as a leader? Like if, you know, when we think of the leader lens, you know, how are we sharing stories of, Oh, I remember when I was in a time when, you know, it was similar to this, uh, the situation you're in. And I remember it was rural challenge, trying to figure out like, okay, which type of proposal should we put together for them or, you know, the, the buyer was, is, um, you know, the buyer said they had power and all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you know, we can't get it through procurement or whatever, you know, re- relatability um, and talking about, you know, and showing up as a leader, as someone who is real.
0: Yeah. You That's know, what- I'd love for you to talk a little bit about more of that, about that, because I think a lot of times in the business world, vulnerability is seen as weakness and where, mm-hmm. I think vulnerability brings realness to the table. We all can be vulnerable in a sense of say, and, and it gives us a, a way to ask for help. It asks, gives us ways to ask for feedback, it gives us a way to, to improve. And so vulnerability mm-hmm. isn't necessarily, shouldn't be thought of as a bad thing. It should be thought of as a way to continually improve. But how, um, how do you, it, across the board, whether you're a leader or an individual contributor, um, Ask for help without right. being weak, and this, in this, right, and having that vulnerability, and and coming off in the right way, because they don't want to be seen as less than, or maybe they think they're asking for help and they should know this shit.
1: Oh, all the time. So people suffer in silence.
0: And in so, the yeah, yeah, and so as leaders, right, we would rather than them just ask, even if it's a bad question, and give them the answer, whether be- rather than them be lost in space, but. Um, right. you know, maybe the person doesn't ask because uh, for whatever reason it is. And so are there opportunities, you know, how should we be getting people to, um, ask, ask in and ask often?
1: Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one because again, it's based off of the cultural norms within the organization. So if it's, yeah. it is, it's like, you know, sort of, I would say it's like what's forbidden, required and allowed, like what is the way that things are set up? Um, you know, and, and so if you are the leader who has the courage and sort of has that, has, has done some work, I mean, this is literally, this is all hierarchy of needs stuff. I mean, this is yeah. foundational. Like what, you know, what, what motivates people? Or we can look at the period, we could look at John Wooden's pyramid of success, right? We could look at either of those. What yeah. makes people successful, um, and identifying, you know, being able to, um, to share, and maybe it's just you know having a conversation with someone saying like, "Hey, when you know," and it also define depends on what how you define vulnerability, right? So vulnerability, yeah. it's all in the definition. So it's like these words. It's no different than like you know people are scared of the word vulnerability. Well, the people are scared of the word sales. They're scared of <laughs> salespeople. They don't want to get near salespeople. I'll well, tell you though,
0: true, which is why no sales- one calls themselves salesperson.
1: Right. But I'll tell you right now that if you showed up a little bit more vulnerability and a little bit more empathy and sort of like sitting and listening into the, you know, sitting in the problem box and with yeah. the client and sitting in their shoes, that's a whole transformative experience.
0: Instead of trying to pitch a demo of features and benefits. Um, oh. and- <laughs>
1: oh. Right. Like this is my, yeah. my mug. mug say, be curious, right? Like, cause you're, we're, we're too, um, A big part of this is because it's just press, 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 just get the deal, focus on the deal. You know, it's like when you were, you were just have so much pressure on you to get something done. The most basic things, I actually had a a, a call um, earlier today with a leader. We were talking about this, that was working on a really big deal. And because this person was so stressed out by the pressure that was coming from like the five layers or whatever above, you know, the executive team, that the most simple solution was not something that they could think through. And like, we're literally talking through it. And I'm like, well, why? What about this? And they're like, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. And they, yeah. you know, they, and then so it's like we become the more that we put the, this pressure, we think putting the pressure on is going to, um, you know, hit that, like hit that button and get them to go. I'll tell you it's short. It's like a very short, not sustainable, like um, cycle yeah. because you just pressing on it. And then this is, this is this inability for people. I mean, people are burning out at the most high rates ever because they're just like, we're, we're thinking of people like robots. We're thinking of pr- people like Machines, we're thinking of people like computers, we're thinking of people like the efficiency, right? And so that's not how people work. And so, um, I I see I'm I'm deviating a little bit from where you said vulnerability, but the reality Mm is back to the point of if you don't show a little bit of vulnerability, nobody is going to open up, and then everybody's going to be sitting, suffering in silence, miserable, leaving the organization, shutting down burning out, going on, you know, short-term disability or whatever, because their, you know, their body is literally shutting down. I mean, we think about, think about it with your phone or your laptop or whatever. If you're doing too many things, what ends up happening? What do you need to do?
0: You end up not getting anything. Yeah. You get, you know, end up not getting anything done and overwhelmed. And then you say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to step away from this for a minute and take a break. And then ultimately that puts you even more far behind.
1: Well, yeah, but also what happens if you're, if you, if you have like, you have overloaded, you are doing too much stuff. What do you have to do with your computer or your phone? What do you have to do? You're going you're to have to reset it. You got to turn it off. You yeah. literally have to like turn it off and turn it back on to get the thing to work because it's frozen. Yeah. Sure. That is your people right now. So like not having a way to, you know, you know, sort of, I, I, it's like this permission to pause. Yeah. Um, and it's a practice. So it's building these practices in, uh, into the work week. And so teaching a lot of what I'm teaching leaders is like, how do we put these practices in even an hour a week into the, into the team so that they can t- pause for a bit, you know, and I, I understand more about what they need so how they can fill themselves up for the rest, you know, for the, for the rest of the week and putting different things in. Cause it's just it's it's too much for people and um so this this idea of sort of like giving people this breathing room because I'll tell you those wellness days that doesn't work you give somebody a wellness day once a quarter or whatever and they're like this is so yeah. great i'm like not, nah, that doesn't work that's not yeah. sustainable that's that's pr
0: <laughs> You're right yeah, yeah yeah sure they come that's back PR. to work yeah they're maybe a little bit more energized but then they're back for 48 hours and that in that 24 hours that they had off or the eight hours that were given by the company that's gone they forgot about that right they're back in the trenches
1: absolutely it's about building in sustainable practices each week each day whatever that is I mean I'll tell you one of the most basic things that I do with clients yeah you know what it is tell us breathing i'm I mean, not joking I'm
0: la- i know you're not which is you know makes the laugh even you know i want to laugh even harder but you know but i i totally understand in the same sense which is why you know it's um it's humorous in a sense right like
1: it's so fat. It's, we are
0: yeah, yeah. it's yeah. all about the little things and i think you know as it's this cycle right i think we go through it in all relationships whether mm-hmm. that's business, cut whether you're with your customer, with your spouse, with your with your family members, yep. where you're going through a good point, you're having great touch points, you're asking great questions of each other, right? But then you go around, you uh don't give a call, right? You you don't reach out, and then it's gone a month or two months gone by and you haven't had a real conversation with that person that you love, care about, respect, and want to make better. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, well that's
0: where yeah we got to make that constant effort right and that's what's forgotten about
1: yeah i mean and i think again it goes back to you know i think so many leaders think that if they if they spend a little bit of time having their their people focus on themselves that they're going to stop focusing on the business and i'm like this is you have it all backwards this is not how people work if you yeah. want these people to run through walls for you run through you know run through fire for you yeah give you the, I'll give you the cheat code. It's, it's super easy, right? Have them give, ha, have them know that you give a crap about them. Yeah. Right. Identify what it is that they need as an individual, you know, help with, you know, art, helping them with the articulating and the direction they want to go in. So it's just like all the stuff I teach is, 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 is not difficult. It's just, it's, it's actually super fundamental. Um, yeah. But we try to do things fancy all the time and we forget about the foundational fundamental stuff. So this is about like the foundational, like we're trying, I always joke. It's like, it's like, we're trying to build a fancy bathroom on the third floor when the, when the foundation is cracking. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't like, you know, you got to you got to build it up and create the practices and build that strength and grit uh, within your team And that's modern leadership, right? That is how, how are you doing this over and over again? And you're doing it by being the most real version of yourself. That is the secret hack. That is the winning formula. That is the secret to success. And it is because unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's so uncommon.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think you're totally right, right? You, You can, you can look at organizations and, and go in and be, you know, go in and, and meet a sales organization for the first time and know who is authentically themselves 100% of the time. right? And you can tell but, people who aren't. And the ones okay, that was, are usually the killing it are the ones that are authentically themselves 100% of the time. Um, got it. And so how do we as sales leaders help people be authentically themselves, but also maybe fit into this mold of process and procedure? So they still feel like themselves. Oh, um,
1: I would say that it, stir- it starts with the leader making the initiative, taking the initiative to really do that self-work yeah. uh, and to say, cause you know, this is everything I do today was because I was a sales leader who completely burnt out. I had all of the training and, and things at my fingertips that I could have. And I, it wasn't what I needed. Because yeah. there was nothing that there was nothing that focused on me and helping me figure out what the hell I needed. And that's why I've literally spent the last seven years helping leaders to build their foundation, their foundational footing and their leadership language. So they could stand strong in every conversation that they're in it. Like it is, it is, it is so foundational, but so forgotten in today. And I'm like, it it is, um, so it starts with that leader saying, you know what, I'm really not happy with how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, how I'm performing. And I yeah. want to change, you know, it's like you change your mind, you change your life. And so it all starts with you acknowledging that, hey, you know what, I'm living a little too much in this war room and, yeah. you know, having a fear base, right? You know, over here, war room is fear. Win room is freedom right? How do we create that? Like you, when you're working in fear, it never goes well. Absolutely. You know? And so we want to create the most successful leaders. And the way to do that is this path of really owning who you are. And then the people just grab, I mean, it's just, that's how business is made. I mean, like, that's how I've been successful my my whole career, right? Yeah. It's like, And teaching people how to do this, teaching my, my players, my, my team, my team, how to do this. And it's all real. And so it's, there's no facade. There's no, like you feel that. And when people and customers, you know, everybody says customer first, I'm like, yeah, well, it's team first because your team, how your team feels, your employees feel is then the reflection that it goes to your customer. But if you don't want someone
0: involved in your business, you got to, you got to make them feel like they own part of it, right? They got to get them engaged. You got to, yeah, absolutely.
1: So it all starts with that leader making the decision, the choice to say, you know what? I'm, I'm like, I'm spinning here and this isn't working and I can't, you know, it's a new year, fresh start. How can we set some better boundaries and foundation around how we're showing up so that we're not in this like rat race over and over again? You know, how do you have yeah.
0: How how should they, right? Like cuz there's probably leaders out there that are going to listen to this and they're going to say, "Hey, it is a new year and there are some maybe some new philosophies and whether you're going to um take the side of coach Lasso and believe yeah. above the door or you're going to um come out and you know, they just had the the Netflix series on Uber and you come out and you put out your 10 commandments or your 20 commandments. Like where what should leaders do to start to figure out, like, hey, how do I become better at this?
1: Hire a coach. <laughs> well, no, I mean, seriously, yeah, no, yeah, seriously, yeah. Very, very difficult. It's lonely to be a leader. It's yeah. very lonely to be a leader, and it is in, it is incredibly difficult to see yourself by yourself. So this back to like you can't see the picture when you're in the frame is that trying to work through this on your own, like we nothing good is ever created done succeeded on your own. Yeah. And so just the fact that you know that every like the majority of top leaders today have coaches, advisors, people that they work with to help them get better the same way you would if you were a professional athlete. You're a professional leader, right? You yeah. have specific coaches. Every single player, professional player has a coach that helps them here. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so it's, absolutely. And this is where everything starts. And so that is like the most, that is the most, I would say the most important thing to do is invest in yourself and whether your organization is willing to help you get a coach or you do it on your own. Like, that's what I did. Like I went out and got my own professional development. I paid for it out of my own pocket because I was like, I need, um, I need to, you know, I need to figure out what I need for me. And I yeah. literally took everything that I've learned in practice, in the at-bats, in the organizations compiled it with all the coaching and development or whatever, and now created something that I see like is a huge need uh, for leaders because it's just, I mean, it's exactly what I needed. And um, so now trying, you know, trying to be able to, you know, support as many leaders and teams as possible to to do it the right way and not, um, you know, choose a better way that's sustainable. And uh, you know, it's, it's all about finding your winning formula.
0: No, absolutely. And I, and you know i think you're right right like doing it by yourself is difficult and right it it can be done but it's going to be a hell of a lot easier um with someone that's done it before and so i think it's again right this this idea of um you can do it by yourself but it's a, a an equation of time value and money right and so
1: yeah because you it will take you you know it can take you you know such a shorter amount of time, way more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're um if you're working with someone that knows you know how to how to support you and how to get you to where you you know where your goals are, you're, you know every you know it's the same thing that we always talk about leaders needing to support their teams. Well, you know what? The leaders need support. Yeah. Yep. They need support. I totally love that. They need support. And then once you once you can reframe and you can um uh, as a leader show up in a different light. Everything else, you know, it's about transforming when you think about, you know, transforming the room in your head, that then translates, right? When you're in the win room, you then have the opportunity as a leader to create a win room within your team. This is like that I like said like that sort of the environment you have the opportunity to change the energy. All we are is energy. Yeah. What's the energy you're showing up with. You know, how do you what like how do you show up as a team? What are the certain the certain values and the things that we agree to? And we didn't really get into this, but there's I mean there's a whole bunch of things that leaders can do with teams. I mean it can be done in like a one day workshop, like helping with them constituting what are their values, what do they believe in, what are the things that they're they're saying that good teams do, uh, bad teams uh, bad teams do. Well, how do we agree that what what we're you know how we're going to show up? What are our shared agreements? And so this makes mm-hmm. it takes less it off. I mean, this is, this is part of it is that the leaders oftentimes think that they, they have to have all the answers. They don't. And by the way, your team knows the things you're not good at.
0: <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So by like saying, you know, being like transparent, like I'm very transparent. I'm like, listen, like the number one thing that I value is courage. And that means that if you're working with me, That I am going to, um, I'm going to tell you if I don't know the answer. I'm going to try new things and I'm going to speak up even if I'm uncomfortable. Right. And so that's me. And I will tell you that if you had me and said to me, Hey, Jamie, I want you to go and sort of put down a set of processes and rules and, you know, and and create order out of this idea, I'd go, Oh my God, that is like not my skill set. Yeah, I could do it, but I like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, no, I want to think of the big picture. I want to like come up with big ideas. And then you have other people who like want to back to your point around other people who want to do the things that you wouldn't want to do. And so you're, as a leader, you're like, you're, you're being very, like getting really confident and clear in the things that you're good at. And then how do you get the support? From the rest of your team on the other things, right? And collectively in your team, and then you can highlight the people on your team for the things that they bring to the table. So everybody brings something to the table. Everybody has a seat at the table. Everybody sees where they fit in, contributing into the into the team, the, the sales team, the organization, whatever whatever role you're in. Um, but it's all about grounding it, right? Because, like I said, people will feel they'll if there's if there isn't this constant communication and sort of. Clarity around, you know, what your strengths are, and sort of have all this, have all of this, and done this work. Um, it's very, very easy to get, you know, lose your footing and forget what you're doing, and seeing how it ties to your bigger, you know, making an impact.
0: And and how often should you be having those kind of conversations with your team? Like, is there a regular cadence that you're recommending to leadership to say, like, hey, this is how often you need to have these kind of uh, growth moments, or you know, these find your why or, uh, you know, a little, you know, whether it's a workshop, like how often should teams be doing stuff like that?
1: Well, you should definitely do like something each quarter. I would do something even like a half a day or even a couple of hours, do some sort of, um, you know, a workshop around a specific uh, topic. Uh, But then you can put simple practices in your weekly sessions, your weekly team meetings and different practices. Like, I mean, it's super simple thing you can do. And by the way, like, you were talking about, um, you were talking about, you know, sort of how work and home and that translation. So yeah. the reality is, is how we show up at work is a reflection of how we show up at home and how we show up at home is a reflection of how we, we show up at work. They so
0: everything,
1: it's a cycle, right? And so when we talk about sort of like, you know, work life and, inter- in, you know, integration or however we want to call it or balance, because balance is bullshit. Shh. There's no balance. It's just, you no. have to boundaries and standards. Um, (laughs) but, um, how everything I'm talking about, is things that you can, you can talk with your team. You can talk with your kids. You can talk with your spouse. You can talk with your friends, your family, all of these practices are things that can be integrated in both. So a simple, like, you know, every week you should have something like, this is a, like a totally simple thing that I, I used to do with my teams was, you know, if you have a Monday morning meeting, I want you to find an article, something it could be anything that you were interested in, that you saw like a news article, anything. And I want you to bring it to the meeting and I want you to bring it to the meeting and everybody's going to sort of share high level, or we're going to pick one person's article, or we're going to like, look at, we're going to vote, which, you know, which one do we want to like dig into a little bit and find out what, you know, why was you, why were you interested in that? And maybe it's an article about you know, Taylor Swift's just hitting a billion dollars in um, revenue for her, her eras tour. Right. <laughs> for all the Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> um, actually, I met, just met Adam Grant the other day. So you know who Adam Grant is, right? Yep. I do. Let's, let's, use, let's use him instead. Uh, Cause probably some more <laughs> of you, your, your listeners know Adam Grant. So, uh, you know, maybe an article an Adam Grant talking about belonging, you know, in, in the workforce. And so, oh, oh, interesting. Okay, Jamie, why'd you pick that? Well, you know, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. You know, like I didn't really realize the statistics of how many people feel isolated and alone in their organizations. So immediately, because you just had that, like literally one minute debrief on that, okay? Then you spend your next rest of your day talking to clients, right? You could then in those conversations be like, I just read this article about, you know, Did you know that 30, you know, 70% of people are disengaged in their organizations? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And it literally gives you something to talk about that other than like, hey, can you sign on the dotted line here, please? It makes you, you can like, what we're doing is like, we're collecting stories. We're, we're finding what we're interested in. Remember the major and the minor? Mm Mm-hmm be interested in? How do we then own that and then be able to articulate it and bring it into our conversations? That's like a totally simple thing. Come with an article that you're interested in. Tell us why you're interested in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll give you one more. As a leader, um, you can be proactive, right? What is it that we need to say things, positive things, six times to one negative thing. So in order to feel positive about something, we need to say it six times to to, um, outweigh the one negative thing. So as a leader, the things you can do. uh, Oh yeah. One of the things, this is why we need to continue to practice the positive, you know, the positive pinches. Um, But one of the things you can do as a leader or as a parent or as a friend is you could say, you know, it just off the cuff, Tyler, you know, I really, I want you to know, I appreciate you and I appreciate you because, you know, you took the time to reach out to me and, you know, ask if, if I would be on this podcast and, you know, not a lot of people do that. And, you know, it seemed like you really looked at my background and understood, you know, a little bit more about me before you asked. And I appreciate, you know, the, the way that you, that you approached the situation. So thank you.
0: And by bringing those thank yous, the hope is, you know, just building a better relationship with the person and making them feel seen and known in organization, yeah. but it's absolutely yes. being genuine about it.
1: Yeah. I, right. It's like, Hey, I appreciated that you asked that extra question in the client conversation the other day about, you know, identifying, okay, what's the time frame that the procurement usually takes to, to, to get things turned around. And has anything changed yeah. in that process? Because you know what, we were about to get off the call and we didn't even ask that. So I really appreciate that you did that. And so it's like finding the win, right? How do we continue to find and find the win? There's enough stuff that's shitty, right? We need to find those wins and we need to build upon those because that is where we're getting our direction, our velocity, you know, getting closer to hitting our targets when we're, we're feeling that. Um, So that's like, again, like a simple thing, like, Hey, I just want you to know, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. You know, I I love this, and I think this conversation has been great. If I, you know, to summarize, I think, right, like, be more authentic with your teams, have a better understanding, be vulnerable, um, and truly get to know the people that work with you because they want to know you. And I think, right, if it, as long as it comes from a place of always being better, then I think everyone's going to be uh, much better off.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's fair. These are, it's very simple things, but like I said, it's like the foundational over the fancy. We try so much to do fancy things and that's not what people want. They just want to feel like they're making a contribution. You value their opinion. You hear what they have to say. you want to invest in their development. Um, and you know, I mean, it's like, it's not rocket science. <laughs> oh, no, it's, 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 it's Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to share yeah. some thoughts today. And
0: this has been super fun. Jamie, where can people connect with you after this? Um, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: I mean, definitely LinkedIn. I mean, that's a great way to ca- connect with me. Um, and, you know, shoot me a message. And, you know, if you have any questions about what we talked about, I'd be happy to, answer. Um, you know, I, I I, love what I do and you know, it's just the process of continuing to see people like transform um uh, just through some of these simple techniques. Um, uh, you know, to take teams from, you know, uh surviving to thriving is 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 just really really exciting. Um and it just takes it just takes a little bit of, you know, support and getting some outside advice and, and coaching.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And Um, for everyone out there that wants to connect with Jamie, please go ahead and connect with her on LinkedIn. And this is definitely an episode of How the Grades Do It. Jamie, you are one of them. We appreciate you. And um, thanks for listening, everybody.